And to Jesus be the glory and the honor and the praise. And thank you today for joining me for this beautiful teaching on God's image in you. God's beloved people. That's who you are. God's wonderful, wonderful people. The sweetest, greatest people on earth. God's wonderful, holy people. Thank you for being my partner. I want to just say something to you. Thank you for following me. Really, thank you for being with me. You are such an encouragement to my life. You've been such a strength and such a blessing to me. And uh, I've grown to love many of you just reading your beautiful comments. And ah, oh, so precious, so precious. One day I will see you face to face in glory. Thank you for being so precious. And Lord, I thank you for your people. And I pray today you will bless us with this beautiful word from your holy word. Strengthen your people, Lord, and let them see who they are in you. I give you the praise. Remember what what I said yesterday. It's not who we are. It's who we believe we are that matters. So it's not who I am. It's not who you are. It's who I believe I am. It's who you believe you are. And the only way we can believe who we are is by reading the word and seeing what God says about us. So in the business world, like I told you yesterday, it was discovered long ago, that a man or woman cannot rise above his self-image. So the image people form of themselves will decide the level to which they can go, high or low. How high they succeed or how low they can be defeated. Because that image people form can, can take them to the heights of success or plunge them into the depth of defeat. Well, you know, it's the same in the, in the, in the kingdom of God. Galatians 4, 1, which I shared with you yesterday, it's, it says, even though a man may be an inheritor, as long as he's a child, he's no different than a slave, not knowing who he is. So, let's go one more time to the book of Ephesians, which we finished with yesterday. And Ephesians chapter 1, you know, the minute you begin to see who you really are, it just changes everything about how you see yourself, and you begin to succeed. So it says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So number one, we are blessed people. According as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world, we're chosen, that we should be holy, we're holy. Without blame, we're blameless. Before him in love, we are loved. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children, we are, we are adopted. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted and the beloved, we're accepted. Verse 7, we have redemption, we're redeemed. Forgiveness, we're forgiven. And then it says in verse 8, abounded toward us in all wisdom. We are wise. We have prudence. Then it says in verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will. We know his will. And then it says something so amazing in verse 11, that we have an inheritance. Now you you put all these together, which I gave you yesterday, it will heal any any person of rejection. If somebody is suffering with, with rejection, they'll be healed in a moment, knowing this is what God says about me. That's who I am. And First John 4.17, as he is in the world, so are we. So are we in the world. 
So Jesus became the son of man that we might be sons and daughters of God. Jesus took upon him our sin that we take upon ourselves his righteousness. We become righteous in him. He took our sickness that we might take his health. He died for us that we should live for him. He went to the underworld for us and rose from the dead that we might go to heaven. So God's word has a lot to say about God's image, God's image. In Ephesians 2, verse 5 and 6, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. Hath made us, and hath raised us, I should say, up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So here we receive this truth by faith. So it says everything we have, we're not looking at what can be seen in the natural. We look with the eyes of faith. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Second Corinthians. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Let's look at chapter 4. So much in the blessed word of God about this. Okay. Chapter 4 and verse 18. And it says, While we look not at the things which are seen, at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we cannot look at the scene and begin to believe who we, who we are. We have to look at the word of God. God's word tells us who we are, and as we begin to believe it, we begin to succeed in the Lord, and we, be, we begin to be blessed and grow and be victorious. Colossians, Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, Established in the faith, as you have been taught, that's the key, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So when we learn the word of God, uh, we remain strong. We are established as we learn his word, and we begin to walk in it. As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught. So the Bible says that the whole reason for the word is one thing. And when that one thing happens, his knowledge becomes your knowledge. The knowledge of him begins to change you. Remember what I said yesterday? We're changed into his image as we look into the mirror. We look into the word. We're changed from glory to glory into his image by looking at his blessed word. His word, when we begin to get the word in us, here's what happens. Look at Job. Job 22. 
Job 22 has something really powerful to tell us. And we're going to look at verse 21. It says, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. But how? Receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. Wow. So when I receive the word, I become acquainted with him. Acquaint now thyself with him. Get to know who the Lord is. And then peace will come to your life. And good will come to your life. As I receive the law, the word of God, the law of God from his mouth, and as I lay up his word in my heart, there will be peace in my life. There will be good in my life. And I gave you yesterday, Second uh, Peter 1, verse uh, verse 2 and on, and I want to go back to it because there's more I did not share y- yesterday. I ran out of time. But First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Elect. Let, let you, let's go back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Second Peter. Okay. So Second Peter and chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So as we get to know the Lord, it's not knowledge, it's the knowledge of the Lord. Then it says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So I cannot come to the place of glory and virtue without the knowledge of him, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. I can't have the divine nature without the knowledge of God, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So the knowledge of Jesus, mentioned in verse 2, gives me divine power, enables me to receive all things for life and godliness. Through his knowledge, I can come to glory and virtue. Through his knowledge, I receive precious promises. And through his knowledge, I can become partaker of the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world, all through his knowledge. So what is his knowledge? Well, his knowledge, his word, also brings his image. So his knowledge is his image. When I receive his knowledge, I receive his image, and I begin to live in his image. So the Bible says uh, we, we took on the image of the earthly, because of Adam, and now we've taken on the image of the heavenly. But I can never begin to live in that image of the heavenly without the knowledge of the Lord. Through his knowledge... I become acquainted with him. Through that acquaintance with him, his image becomes my image. What else is his knowledge? His presence. What else is his knowledge? His power. Because that all comes from his knowledge. 
What else is his knowledge? His authority. What else is his knowledge? His position. And then I begin to walk in that position. So his knowledge produces his image. His knowledge produces his presence. His knowledge produces his power. His knowledge gives me his authority. His knowledge gives me his position. That's incredible. So through the knowledge of the Lord, I begin to be transformed progressively into his image. Nothing happens overnight. We know that. Second Corinthians 3 says, from glory to glory in verse 18. So now his image becomes my image. His presence becomes my presence. His power becomes a part of my life. His authority becomes part of my life. His position becomes my position. And when that happens, here's what takes place. Let's look at Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Oh, Lord, I give you the praise for all this magnificent, blessed word. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? The power that works in us. What brought that power? His knowledge. Remember what what I just said? His knowledge brings his image. His knowledge brings his presence. His knowledge brings his power. His knowledge brings his authority. His knowledge brings his position. Now I walk in that position. When I walk in that position, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think according to the power that works in your life, my life. What is that power? His word. This is so remarkable. So when I get his knowledge, here's what will happen. The Bible says some amazing things about what God says about us. Um, you know, we've, we, we, we read scriptures like uh, in Psalm 103, you know, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name, he forgives all your... Iniquities heals all your, de- all your diseases. Well, that's his knowledge. So now I can live in health and liberty from sin. So God says, you're not sick because the Lord heals all your diseases. And I begin to believe it and eventually healing will come to my body. I'm not bound for the Son has set me free. John eight thirty six, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. His knowledge comes into my life. As a result, freedom begins. So it's not, you know, John 8 says something powerful that we need to look at one more time. And it's, you know, even though you may have heard this, it's so good to hear, hear it again. If the Son therefore shall make you free, Ye shall be free indeed. So, it's the freedom I know that sets me free. It's the word I know that sets me free. Because Jesus says, abide in the truth. 
Ye shall know the truth, verse 32, and the truth will make you free. So what brings freedom? Truth. His word brings liberty. Because he said, I'm not bound. If you will know the truth, it will set you free. So it's not truth. It's the truth I know that sets me free. So it's not who we are. It's who, be, it's who we, we believe we are that sets us free. We're not defeated because the Bible says about us that we are more than conquerors through him. Romans 8.37 So you need to start saying, I'm not sick, for the Lord is my healer. I'm not bound. He's my freedom. I'm not defeated. He's the one who gives me conquering power. More than conqueror through him who loved us. Romans 8.37 And I'm not lacking because he says no good thing will he withhold from you who walk uprightly. Psalm 29.11 That's what the Bible says about us. No good thing will he withhold from you that walk uprightly. So there's no lack. I'm not afraid or plagued because Psalm 91.10 says no plague will come near you. But you know, when the word begins to affect us like that and the image of God becomes a part of our image, we, we begin to talk his language. And when we talk his language, we become his people. You know, without a language, there is no people. Without a language, there is no people. Ben-Gurion, the prime minister of Israel, when Israel was restored, made a powerful statement. He said to, to, to the people with him, he said, we must bring the Hebrew language to our people. Because without a language, there is no people and there is no nation. The language keeps the people together, keeps a nation together. When God divided the world, what did he do? He divided the languages. When there's no language, there's no nation. When there's a language, there's a nation. That's what Ben-Gurion said. And the Bible tells us clearly, where there's a, a language, there's a people, there's a kingdom. Hallelujah. We can't be a part of the church till we all speak one language. God's word. God's word is our language. You have to get this. It's not about confessing the word. It's about living in it. And it living in you. And now everything God says, progressively as you look into the word, becomes a part of you. You live in that blessed scripture. It becomes a part of your life. I don't read the Bible just to know the stories. I don't read the Bible just to know the history of Israel. I read the Bible so I would know the Lord. The Lord. And when I know the Lord, he begins to transform me into his image. I receive his mind. I begin to know his nature, and live in that word of God. But it's a progress, it's, it's progressive, it doesn't happen overnight. 
I asked a man named Peter Jaycock, wonderful saint of God back in Canada. I said, Peter, how long does it, because he, he always carried his Bible with him everywhere he went, everywhere. I said, how long does it take to get to know God? He said, a lifetime, Benny, a lifetime. I'm almost 70 and I'm still discovering the word of God. But the day we lack it, the day we miss it, is the day we lose big. And the day, that day is when the enemy can win against us. Let's not live one day without the Bible. I would not know what I'd be without the Word of God. I'm not afraid or plagued. You're not afraid, afraid or plagued because no plague will come near you. Psalm 91. But it's not just about taking a verse out and saying, well, here's what it says. No, we live in it. The Word is in us. We become a part of the Word as it becomes a part of us. I'm not running from the devil. I'm resisting him and he's running away from me. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm not running away from him. He's running away from me because it says resist the devil, he'll flee. James 4, 7. We're not shackled by sin, by demons or fear. Because it says for your God whom you serve will deliver you. And you ought to say, I'm not shackled by sin. I'm not shackled by devils. I'm not shackled by fear. Because in Daniel 6.16 it says, For the God whom I serve will deliver me. Hallelujah. That's what Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in the book of Daniel. We're not losing the battle. Come on, no way. For the Lord is fighting for us. Exodus 14.14. See what the word does in you? It brings that new man into action that new man in Jesus comes alive Lord let your image become their image let your knowledge become their knowledge let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to move right now Lord in their life that they'll begin to experience your knowledge sweetest Jesus you said if my word, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you will, it will be done. Let your word abide, Lord, in them. The word says, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Let the word, Lord, dwell richly in each one that I'm talking to. Give them that hunger, Lord. Give them that hunger. Give them an incredible divine hunger to know you. To know your word, I give you praise. Blessed be your holy name. And Lord, let your precious image begin to shine through each one of them. In the name of Jesus. You know, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to teach you how to study the Bible. Make sure you get ready for that. Tell your friends tomorrow to tell them that I will be teaching on how to study the Bible. I'm going to show you the secrets I've discovered on studying the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see change in your life. It's not reading that will change you. It's studying that will change you. It's going deep. Jesus said, search the scripture. You'll find it's about me. Search means you got to go a little deeper than just reading information. You know, the Bible has levels. The first level is the information of God's word. The second level, God's plan for your life is revealed. The third level, God reveals his son in the Old Testament to you. And then, 
that's when the change begins. That's when the transformation begins. So people don't change with information. People change with revelation. When that information becomes revelation, when the mental becomes spiritual, they begin to change. And today I don't read the Bible just because I want to read the same information I've read for the last 50 years of my life again. I'm looking for Jesus. And the more I I read, the more I find him. It's an unending revelation of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I give you praise. You're going to do this in everyone's life. Come on, people, lift your hands and believe God. You're going to do it in everyone's life. In Jesus' holy name, glorious name, I give you the praise. Amen and amen. Wow. Tomorrow, I'm going to show you how to study the Bible. Don't miss the time tomorrow with me. You're going to love it. Okay. Now it's time to give to the Lord's work as I ask you every day to sow seed in the Lord's work. Why? Well, it's God's command. It's God's word. And only the righteous give. And every time we give, we declare our righteousness in our giving to the Lord. Because only the righteous give. You know, in the Psalms, I'm going to read you because I just have a few more minutes. Stay with me because this will really, really bless you. In Psalm 112, when it talks about the giver, it says something very, very powerful about him. It says, let me just read this. This is so beautiful. Okay? He had dispersed, verse 9, he had dispersed, he had given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. God declares that man righteous in verse 9 of Psalm 112. His horn will be exalted with honor. Givers will receive authority from what the Bible tells us. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Because he's that man of verse 1. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, delights in the commandments of the Lord. His seed will be mighty on the earth. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And then it says that same man shows favor and lends. That same man will not be moved with evil tidings. That same man, his heart is established, trusting in the Lord. But that same man is a giver. So givers are those who really delight in the Lord and his word. And givers, because they delight in God and and his word, are declared righteous and have authority. So it's not about money. It's about delighting yourself in the Lord. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. One who is so excited about giving to God's word because he loves him so deeply. And when, when that person does, wow. It says the enemy will sit and be grieved. He'll gnash with his teeth and melt away. It begins to torment the enemy. But it blesses you. Hallelujah. Father, bless them as they give to your work, as they sow seed in your work. Bless them beyond measure. In Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. Okay, you can give on the platform you're watching me on. Or you can go to our website, benihin.org. Or simply text BHM. Four five seven seven seven. Much love. Tomorrow, tell your friends. I'm going to show you how to study the Bible. Much love. Bye bye.